Welcome back to another Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak. And today I'm joined by a special um, guest of ours. We've been working with him for many years in the community of Pomona. His name's Rolando Lubson. Um, he's one of our community partners. And this podcast that we're doing, we're doing something really special as Second Chance Month is coming up and, and we're going to celebrate the lives of, of youth and young adults that were given the second chance and second opportunity to give back, not just to themselves, but to their community. Um, Rolando was one of these guys that we got connected with and really does pour into a lot of community service and a lot of stuff. Um, so with that being said, I just want to introduce you. Rolando, welcome to the Life in the Urban City podcast. Um, do you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself? Who is Rolando? Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate that. So I like acronyms. So Rolando is a fig, so F-I-I-G. So I'm a farmer. Mm-hmm. An investor. I'm also somebody who inspires. I'm an influencer, and I'm also a go giver. Mm-hmm. I am the second son of James Lawrence and Minna Lumsden. Okay, and the twelfth grandson of Cecilio and Margarita Lumsden from the Caribbean, Jamaica. Oh, awesome! Were you the first generation moving here to the states, or were were your parents here before you? First generation moving here to the States. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Do you mind me, we'll just dive in. What brought you guys here to the United States versus Jamaica? So being very transparent, my mother was going through a domestic violence situation, Mm -hmm. and I had an aunt that had did her nursing degree, and she reached out from the United States to my mother Mm -hmm. and said, I have a safe place for you and the children. Wow. And that's what brought us here to the United States, specifically California, Southern California. Wow. And that's just where your journey began and just kind of grew from there. That's awesome. Um, and, and as I said, like th- this is the second chance month. And we can maybe come back to that a little bit more. But to you, what is second chance? Like, what does that mean to you? What does the second chance month mean to you as a person? So I had to think deep about that, mm-hmm. but then not too deep. Because as a family, we were given a second chance. So second chance month means an opportunity for individuals as, and also family and community to deeply reflect and review the opportunities that we, we've been gifted yeah. and the skill sets that we've been granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you said, like being a second chance family, do you mind a little diving into your story a little bit of what, what led you down that path and, and now needing a second chance coming back? Um, from your community, from your friends, from your family, what was that? What led what what led you down that path of needing a second chance? I'm glad you mentioned it. So in in junior high and high school, I was mm-hmm. very talented. However, I didn't respond very well to authority figures, and so I made some yeah. choices that weren't the best. Landed me in juvenile hall several times, and then after being sent to or after making a bad decision and ending up in jail and serving a sentence, I was released Mm -hmm. from the Department of Corrections only to be taken by the Department of Immigration Customs Enforcement. Mm -hmm. So I went from prison into the, the detention center because during the period that I was incarcerated, I did not renew or my family did not renew the 10-year permanent residency uh, protocol that that needs to be done for permanent residents. Mm. 
And so the second chance came many in different ways. So there was a family friend mm-hmm. during the time when I was at the immigration detention center who said, I know an immigration officer that possibly can assist with Rolando's case. So that was the first second chance. Mm-hmm. And after meeting the individual, they posted bail. After meeting the attorney, the immigration attorney, they posted bail. I was able to get come out. Mm-hmm. That's the first. Um, I have an aunt that had relocated here who owned a beauty salon. Okay. And so, big bad Rolando, <laughs> I was washing hair and doing perms at a beauty salon okay. while on parole. Okay. Um, that's another chance because it opened up my eyes to giving back my aunt mm-hmm. would every seventh customer she would do a shampoo blow dry press and curl for free okay and so that again second chances and my family has also been blessed um i i can specifically state that there was a gentleman he's resting in peace now his name is lorenzo Petit. i will never forget it mm-hmm. he never met me but while i was in a shoe program at corcoran state prison she was short for secured housing unit he five foot three mm-hmm. he told the guards i would like to see my son i didn't have the best relationship with my earthly father however this gentleman took me on underneath his wing not knowing me somehow the guards allowed him to go through the process and come into the shoe program mm-hmm. 1988 Wow. When he came into the shoe program, he spoke to me and he told me, you have a purpose until you recognize that you will be here. But once you recognize your purpose, then the doors will open. Wow. The, there's a lot right there. And I guess, when did you decide that, you, you know what, Rolando, you need to make a change? Was it there in juvie? Was it there when you, in parole? Was it there... Um, under immigration or uh, um, prison, you know, when you met with your son, when you were working with, like, there's a lot of steps there. Like, was there anyone in particular that stood out to you? Like, you know what? Like, I need to make a life change. I need to do something different for myself, for my family. Absolutely. So speaking of mentors, so what really triggered the change was uh, it was 1995 or 96. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman by the name of Joe Nass. Nash, mm-hmm. not Steve Nash, Joe Nash. Maybe a, a cousin or something of Steve, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. He was the then food bank and community service director of the Bethel Church. Okay. He sent me a letter. Uh, it, uh, it was a hardship letter because I was being transferred, well, several uh, convicts were being transferred up to either Folsom or Susanville. I forget which one, but all the same. He sent the letter, mm-hmm. and in the letter... And this was this is what made the change. He said, Are, we believe in you. Mm-hmm. That's the Bethel community. And there is a place for you here at Bethel when you come out. And he shared these words. He says, when you come out, don't stop. Mm-hmm. Don't look back. Wow. That changed the course of my quote-unquote rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And allowed me to see things broader and wider than just the block where I grew up, yeah. the zip code where I was raised in, or even the schools that I attended. Yeah. Did you have any connection to Bethel Church before going in, or did that come out of the blues? Like, hey, like we're we're here for you at Bethel Church. 
Good question. So I attended, and I use that word loosely, I attended church. Most parents encourage their children, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this is good, go. Yeah. So I attended church. They had activities. And uh, one of the things that stood out was Bethel had a sports team, mm-hmm. a basketball league. And so that's how I was connected. Before I got incarcerated and all that trouble, that's how I was connected to Bethel. Okay. So nice. So, so Bethel having a sports program or a league for you, was it youth or young adults? It was youth. Yeah. So for them having it for youth allowed you to get connected, right? That's right. Uh, and so so by doing that, okay, that, that's really good because like I know there's a lot of churches here in the city of Pomona that we serve and work with and that's something that we can maybe do and work with them is like just provide youth programs outside of coming to Sunday church or Wednesday midweek, you know, come to our churches. But what draws kids in for you is basketball for you is sports. And there's so many sports that can be offered for kids in the community. I think that's a perfect way to get everyone in. And I think that's something that we should be doing and pushing as a community, right? It's, it's not just like, what can you do for us? Are you coming to our church service? Are you number that we could check off our box? Um, you know, are you are you tithing? Or a, as a church body, we need to be looking as like, what are we providing the community as well? We can't just be taking because as the church body, we should be giving more than we take. And I think, I think that's something that's big right there that just kind of stood out. So they wrote you that letter. Um, it said, don't give, don't give up, don't go back. Um, and... How, how many years from that moment of that letter till you got out? It was actually one year and one month, exactly. Okay. And so, thankfully, in 1998, I was released. And I still had to go through, and this is, a, this is probably another podcast, I still had to go through the stigma mm-hmm. of not having a green card. Yeah. But still having, because my parole officer said, you know, you have to find work, but having to look and obtain employment. So here I am. I've completed my prison sentence um, and I did commit the crime. So it wasn't, you know, I'm not putting the blame on anyone. Yeah. But I'm out and I'm looking around. Okay, how do I get a job? I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a former, you know, convict. I do have a record. And now to add that, now I, I don't leak. I'm not my legal status mm-hmm. is not safe or secure or stable. Yeah, yeah. And so the the blessing again is, you know, and I'm a person of faith. So God, this power that's greater than myself working through my family, mm-hmm. working through community members. And I mentioned those two men, Lorenzo Petty, Joe Nash yeah. were extremely influential in me being able to say, you know what? I'm going to find a way until I obtain employment to volunteer. Mm. They encouraged me. Another gentleman, uh, Papa Larry Woods, said, listen, you know, we have boxes to unload. And, uh, you know, we were connected to the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the church, unload the tr- the food truck, and then enjoy the goodies. And so in addition to uh, definitely having sports, I like to eat. I love tea too. So <laughs> I feel you right there. That had us at food. <laughs> yes, yes. So those were some pivotal things that uh, that uh, impacted me. And a gentleman, this was the biggest impact, Paul. Mm-hmm. He's an he was an elder of the church, and his motto was connect yeah. before you correct. Mm. So there I am, you know, 
if you can envision, you know, long dreadlocks. I worked out pretty much, you know, two times a day. So I wasn't really in bad shape physically, but this gentleman, his name is Earl Matthews. We call him Earl the Pearl. <laughs> and he was so influential because he had also, uh, in his younger years, did 10 or 12 years in wow. San Quentin. Wow. So we were able, him and I were able to connect. And I'm not saying that a person can only connect with someone if they have the same experience, but yeah. similar experiences. So yeah. he connected with me, and there were things that needed to be corrected. Yeah. And so he was able to gently and sometimes, you know, in a tough way, mm -hmm. say, hey, you know, you're slipping right here. Yeah. And if you keep slipping, you're going to fall off the side of the cliff. No, that's really good. Um, and I guess, what would you recommend or how would you um, encourage people to connect with others? Uh, because I, I strongly agree with you. Uh, a lot of times we try to fix before we get to know. We, wanted, we want to change people, right? Um, especially as guys, um, we like we like to projects. We like to fix things. Um, That's true. But, but to teach people, to encourage them, you know what? The, the first thing that we want to do is get to know you, get connected. Because if we don't know you, we're not connected with you, like why would we listen to you? Like, who, who are you to come and tell me what I need to do? And I think a lot of times that comes to a lot of our pride as humans and males in particular. You know, we become very prideful. So how do you encourage people to, like, not to correct right away, let just be encouraging and to be loving and to connect on a human level? Yeah, what would, what would be your suggestions and recommendations for that? Well, you mentioned it um Something's basic. Just get to know the person. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's a youngster, you know, hey, hey what's your name? Oh, yeah. Okay. If they're if they're doing something, and, and it may not be sports, it may be something that they are mm -hmm. interested in, for the adult or the whoever the individual is to find out what it is that interests them. Yeah. And then you know, carefully and of course respectfully respecting boundaries, mm -hmm. try to say, hey, you know, I, I kind of like uh, playing chess, or I kind of like you know whether whether it's video games or whatever it is. So find something that the person or the individual who's younger has an interest in. Yeah. And then genuinely say, you know what, uh, man, I, I don't even know how to play that or do that. You know, can you show me? Mm. And then we all as individuals, men and women and children, we want to be involved. Yeah. And so once we involve a person to show us what is an interest to them, mm -hmm. then they start realizing, wow, this person is not trying to correct me, but they're trying to find out, hey, what is that that you're you're playing or what is that that you're working on? Yeah. No, that that's really good. Um, and I guess a, a question for you is, w what opportunities are available now for for the community at Bethel Church or with Rolando to get connected to youngsters or, or people with lived experience? What, what opportunities are there so that if if someone who's listened to this podcast and they want to help, they, they they see the brokenness in society and community and they want to help. How can they get connected? What can they do with you? Good question. So the one word comes to mind, service. Mm -hmm. uh, whether someone if someone is, you know, five, six years old or 56, service, that's one way. You know, we have a small but effective street outreach yeah. program that goes out once a month. We also have community service. Uh, we go to different 
apartment complexes and even through just us for youth and other agencies yeah. being able to volunteer and say you know hey i want to serve yeah um art mm-hmm. individuals may have a skill where they draw or do do something of that along that line yeah that's a second effective way um to get connected yeah awesome well, that's really good. And I guess w- what would you also have for encouragement for, for the youngsters that might be going down um, the not best path um, currently? What would you say as an encouragement for those youngsters out there right now um, so that they don't continue down that path? So I wrote it down, but it comes to mind. So an encouragement for the youngsters to not go down that path is definitely develop a connection with positive people meaning if they see someone that's doing things that are cool let's say they have a cool bike or a cool car whatever they had that's cool connect with the positive people and then i learned this from my grandmother my grandmother and grand and uh, mother were very influential they're very knowledgeable even though they didn't go to school for many years Mm -hmm. they would they would say find out the person's name all our names have a meaning and so for you to hopefully not go down that path, if they're open to programs or even not just programs, but people who give, who care for them and connect with them and say, you know what, I think I want to be a part of this yeah. and then be given a name. Gangs do the same thing, yeah. but it's just reverse. Um, they'll change a person's name from, you know, Philip, which is a cool name, to maybe Pookie. Mm-hmm. And so now that name connects that young person or whoever that individual is to the gang. So mm. we can do the same thing as community partners in a positive way and give a positive spin to a person's name, yeah. helping them feel like they belong. Cause we all want that at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, what's your positive name? What, what do they give you? Or is it Rolando? That's who I am. I'm big R. <laughs> I'm R on the block. They call me young Rolo. <laughs> young Rolo. Young Rolo. But what, you know what the blessing was? I was told to look up the meaning of my name. Mm. And when I found out the meaning of Rolando, yeah. that was also an additional change that took place. What's the meaning? Should I tell you or should I save it for the next podcast? Uh, I mean, it's up to you. We, we, we could tease people <laughs> and let them tune in next time to find out what Rolando means. Uh, whatever, man. We, you could share it. You, we could Google it. It doesn't matter. To uh, We could do it next time. I'm curious. You brought it up. and I, Yeah, I'm curious to know what it means. So it means famous in the land, mm. Rolando. And so that helped me because before I was doing, I didn't even know this. I was doing things that quote unquote got me acceptance, mm-hmm. made me feel like I was famous. Yeah. But those things ended me up behind jail bars. Got it. However, the positive spin, when I looked at the meaning, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the meaning, the Latin meaning of my name, I was like, I can be famous and do positive things. Yeah. And again, my mother, grandmother, Lorenzo Petit, Earl Matthews, Joe Nash, they, they really fostered that and they encouraged that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's that's so good. My name's Paul, so I'm not sure if I have uh, famous in the land as my uh my name. I'll have to look it up and, and get more details uh, for you. And I guess kind of as we're wrapping up, um there there's so much more that we could talk about, but I, I just have a question is how can people be more open to second chance or second chancers, those who are from lived experience and those who aren't? So if I'm from non-lived experience, how can I be more open or, or how do you challenge me to become more open and willing to 
draw in and bring people of lived experience within my work, within my daily life. What is that? How does that look like? So one one way would be by volunteering the time with at promise or at those who are going through challenges mm-hmm. in their community. And then also individuals can also do a second thing. They can partner yeah. with other organizations that are already doing something to provide healing and hope yeah. mutually. Because when I've learned about mentoring, the person who has more experience, mm-hmm. they can mentor the younger person. But at the same token, the younger person can mentor the older one. Yeah. I think that's what's key with mentorship is it's not just one way. Mentorship is a, a two-way, two-way path if you're willing to keep it open. Because a lot of times if it's a one-way, it could be a lot more times coaching and you're more directing and telling them what to do and where to go. But with mentorship, I feel like it's a lot more like you're on the roller coaster together. Um, we're up and down. You're screaming and getting me excited, so I'm going to scream back or, or, or vice versa. And our lives live off each other and we, we relate and work and help each other out in all the different paths that we're going down. Um, so I think that's key. And I think if you are a business o- owner, like I know Justice for Youth, um, we are a uh, second chance employer. So we are willing to hire people of lived experience because we know and understand that sometimes we make a mistake. We, we make a decision that isn't the best. And we want to provide a better opportunity for those individuals because we were talking a little bit earlier, like recidivism, it's really easy to get back in in prison, in jails, because your opportunities decrease drastically, right? For you, coming out with, um, you know, a record, many people weren't willing to hire you. As you said, like you had to volunteer and get hours under your belt showing that you're committed, willing to work somewhere before people are willing to hire you. Um, because most nine-to-five jobs... They're not, they're not hiring people of lived experience, unfortunately. And I think what we need to do is offer that and be willing to. And it, and if you're hesitant, we even offer training here at Justice for Youth for employers of how to best serve and work with people of lived experience because it's easy for them to offend you and, and because that's all that they know. They're highly traumatized and have these these things that have affected them. And so taking it into the workplace. So I think that's something that's big too. I know you work a lot with one of our staff member, Tramel Ratcliffe, and that's something that he's trying to do over in his program here at Justice for Youth. Um, yeah, and I think just giving back, being open, willingness, um, it's the first step, right? You know, you got to be willing. And if you're scared or unsure, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. Um, we we want to help those of lived experience, and we want to help those to give people with lived experience an opportunity um, because we're human. Um, and we're all living in this society together. And sometimes we need that second chance. We need that help. And you mentioned earlier, one of the gentlemen that you were assisting and helping, he came back to you as an investor. And because of him, now you do real estate investment. Yes. And, and we're just like talking and like, you know, we can only imagine where we would be. You know, if you didn't pour into that gentleman, you know, would you be investing? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, you know, when if but if you weren't invested in by Mr. Nash or these other people, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to give back. And I think that's the big thing. When we are given an opportunity, when we're given a blessing, 
uh, me and my wife were talking about this the other day is that we're given blessings and gifts every day. The question is, are we going to be selfish and keep it to ourselves? Or are we going to give it back? Right. Absolutely. And I think that's the big thing, right? As you mentioned all throughout this podcast, you know, of giving back, of getting these opportunities because, you know, someone just wrote you a letter, like something so simple telling you that they believed in you and not to turn back changed your life. I mean, how many people out here could write a letter? I mean, m majority of us can. That's true. And that's where it starts, writing a letter, being committed, you know, giving out your gift. And so any any last things, uh, Rolando, that you want to leave the people with before we, we end today? I mentioned my grandmother and mother. You yeah. know, again, d both of them are resting right now. They're, they're uh, um, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. But they will share this that really impacted me. R-S-A-W. The R is for reading. The S is for studying. The A is and, and then the W is for writing. And they would say this that was helpful. Reading makes a full man. Mm. Studying a steady man. And writing a ready man. Yeah. And so with the social media being what it is and, you know, people are able to text and technology is much advanced. Mm -hmm. As we write, as we pour into people, it prepares them for that next phase of their life. Yeah. Um, what we read, you know, everyone knows what's going on in Ukraine and so many other areas, South Africa, the devastation taking place. As we read that, we can also study different effective ways to build up and encourage and motivate. Mm -hmm. And so those were the things that were poured into me by grandmother, mother, and family. And then EMI is the most important one. Everyone has heard of the Emmys, EMI. Yeah. But in my life, the people that have been around me, it stands for encourage, motivate, and inspire. Wow. Encourage, motivate, and inspire. So that's it. And if anyone wants to follow you or get connected to you, how can they get how can they do that, Rolando? <laughs> they can tag on to Just Us For Youth. I'm, yeah. I don't have a social media or anything right now or yeah. Instagram, but they can reach out to Just Us For Youth. Yeah. Yeah, we can get connected. I know if, if you're in Pomona and, and know Bethel Church, Rolando pretty much lives there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to knock on the door and find him. Uh, but th that's the church he works at and, and supports, and they have a big... Um, food pantry and food bank that they support and, and give out food. Was it weekly or monthly that you guys give out food or every other week? It's monthly. monthly. However, if, if a person is in need and they reach out and call, I can schedule an appointment, provide the food. Awesome. So yeah, if you, if you're in need to have some, some food or support, Rolando's here, justice for youth. We're here for you guys. And, and thank you so much for tuning in um, this time to life in the urban city podcast. We'll see you guys next time. See you later. Bye everyone. <laughs>